And now we've reached the point in the show where Josh Odson reads the peculiar, the bizarre, the comical, the odd news with Odson. Odd news, Odson. See what we did there? The odd news with Odson. Welcome back to the show where the Goo Goo Dolls building a sandcastle. <laughs> Hey, a couple things going on in this Bridgeport-Minden game. Obviously. So, number one, zone defenses. It's to be expected. I got yelled at about zone defenses wow. by the high school community yesterday. They came after Josh, you. Josh, you're you are the one the, who started said, yelling about this. I said the same thing. I said it more matter-of-factly. Zone is for cowards. Somebody called me the R word, Josh. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. That's not the first time this week. <laughs> What? Oh, it happens more often than you would think. What a revelation. I don't know. I've, i got to stop saying stuff on Twitter, man. In this case, I didn't even bring it to the forum known as Twitter. It was it was brought there by uh, Faux Coach Woodard. And, um, you know, like, we had a couple minutes to kill, and I was like, I, don't, I can't stand watching these zone defenses in state. And Josh is like, send everybody to jail and kill everyone. And and yet it's me who gets yelled at. That's right. You rubes who love zone defense are probably the same rubes who are like, oh, we cannot possibly have a shot clock in this sport. It'll just ruin it. I love holding the ball for 90 seconds without doing anything because the law says I can. Rubes. That was Josh. D just, up. Just remember that that was Josh. <laughs> um, while I do have the understanding that this is the state tournament and it's good to win. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, number two thing going on in the uh, Minden-Bridgeport game. Uh, we have a bearded ref. Big beard. Big beard. Big beard. You Bald see, head. You don't see a bearded ref very Cuba, often. Like, no, no, like, I'm not disparaging Nick, but like Nick level, no hair. Poll question. You ever seen a bearded ref? Ever seen a bearded ref? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it juts out. We got the... We got the high camera on at the Devaney Center, and he's, yeah. Usually they're supposed to, like, they tell you in, like, ref school to not have any, like, defiable features, you know? <laughs> That's why all the refs have, are, they all look the same, basically, and they're all very, you know, they don't wear wristbands they don't or earrings. Like they, but, but they do, but they don't, but they do. Um have you ever noticed this about refs and being close to officials more in the last few years has helped me have this realization. Did you know that most refs, this is going to sound crazy. Did you know that most refs don't have any hair on their arms and legs? It's not because I, I it's not, not because they're that. women. No, it's because I, I don't know why, but oh, you don't know why I, I really don't. I is, don't. Is that because they're not? Manly men. I think they kind of like to keep things, you know, like what if you had the ref with the hairy arms? Okay, they they like or you could say they like order. They love order. They're very. Uh -huh. It's a different breed. They're a different type of people. They're of order. They're they're of order. So most refs that I've seen don't have any arm or leg hair. Huh? Now you never see their legs, but sure. I've seen their legs. I've seen it. I've been privy to this, and uh, yeah. They, they got no leg hair. You've been places. Been in that ref locker room, man. <laughs> and they tell you, they go you go in there before the game. Well, we used to do this before COVID happened. 
We used to all go in there before the game from the table, and we would all have a, a nice meeting and talk about some of the things we should watch for, and here's here's who's who, and who needs wow. to be responsible for what. Like it's it was a really it was meaningful. I thought I thought it was a great thing. Thanks, Ben Laden. Now they just come out and you know dap us up and then go ref the game and then they leave. Um, but you know you go into their into their locker room and they got all their junk in there and stuff like that. They got all the snacks, but yeah, they love Gatorade and no hair on their arms. <laughs> Not to throw a blanket over everybody, but that's kind of what I've seen. Sure. Gatorade power bars and no hair on their arms. <laughs> anyway, Josh has the odd news. What a specific observation. Mm-hmm. Uh, my observation is that today is leap day. That's a good observation. And uh, as is the tradition there is an edition of a newspaper in France that only comes out on Leap Day. Oh, that's a they good print, bit. They print one issue every four years, and today's the day for satirical French newspaper La Bougie de Super. It would be funny. So do they just do all the news from the last four years? Because uh, that would be funny. It is filled with cringeworthy puns and commentary on events of the oh, past four Oh, don't do it years. that way. Oh, well, okay. I don't want to make a joke of it. I want to make it a real newspaper if it was only released once every four years. Uh, the 2024 edition includes an article suggesting France doesn't need schools anymore thanks to artificial intelligence. Another floats the idea of dismantling the Eiffel Tower during the Paris Olympics to reduce security risks. It's a good idea. And having IKEA produce a manual for rebuilding said Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Uh, some friends started the newspaper as a joke in 1980, naming it after a comic book figure who was born on February 29th. The last edition of this newspaper came out in 2020 as the world was beginning to be locked down. The, Europe got locked down a little sooner than they did. us. They were uh, on the cutting edge. It sold 120,000 copies. Revenue goes to uh, various charities in the, in the country. They said, sometimes you just have to laugh about it. That's not a good quote. That is a horrible quote. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like the idea. I'm glad the idea exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, story number two. I'm really just going to play you a minute of audio from the uh, Chief Saholic Lawyers press conference, if I could. Okay, so I saw this going around yesterday, and I didn't, you know, I was at the game last night, and I didn't get the chance to listen to it. This is, um, you know, typically the typical... Like in a movie on the steps My of the courthouse. My client is innocent, uh-huh. yep. and we will fight for him. We he, will fight for his rights. Even though he pled guilty. Uh, this is Chief Saholic's lawyer. This is, this is real. We did not doctor this. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing, and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. Oh, no. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell. He didn't let his knee touch the ground. <laughs> God. And that's because Why? he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows 
that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chiefs' kingdom, he loves Kansas City, <laughs> and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Yes. Thank I, you, and God bless. Yep, I, I, I assume that they will. They will definitely rally to Chief Saholic support. Yeah. <laughs> I love the bit. Hey, why don't you go do a bunch of football puns for me out there, Chief? Some real, some real kind of better call Saul vibes to that one. Uh, Matthew Merryman is the name of the uh, attorney there. If we gotta put like this to guy avoid in... certain attorneys <laughs> in Kansas City. We gotta put this guy in the the attorney Hall of Fame with uh, Don. What's his name? Tommy DeVito's lawyer agent. Oh yeah, agents and lawyers are the same, right? Sure. They all have various law degrees. Just random guys. Maybe he's in the Hall of Fame of random guys that we've gotten to know because of their proximity to more popular guys over the last, like, year. Random barristers. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Jeez. Connor, sad update out of crime town. Uh-oh, was there more crime? <laughs> exactly, there was more crime. A Nebraska man walked into a quick shop convenience store yesterday and demanded money. He had a Hostess Cinnamon Rolls box on his right hand. Hostess Cinnamon okay. Uh, fearing that the container concealed a handgun and not individually wrapped frosted pastries, the female clerk handed over cash, according to LPD. Cops responding... Was the female clerk correct in uh, her assumption? Or are we getting there? I think we might get there. Okay. Uh, cops responding to the incident identified Isaiah Bartu, that's Isaiah with a Z, by the way, mm -hmm. a 24-year-old Lincoln resident as a possible suspect, while speaking with officers, Bartu attempted to flee but was quickly detained. A search revealed four grams of meth, a silver handgun, there it is. and an undisclosed amount of cash. He was arrested on multiple felony accounts. Uh, he also has a gun tattooed on his right forearm. Why put the gun in the in the Twinkies box? Um, I don't I don't get the I don't get the the point. Is it like a well, you couldn't see the gun on the convenience store cameras, so it's not an armed robbery. There was nothing, Your Honor. There was nothing in the box. I was, I was lying. Like, you know, if you're threatening to shoot the person, don't you want to threaten to shoot them? Theoretically, if I was, if I was of crime, I would I, say that. I would imagine these clerks are told, just give them the money, get them out of the store, right. give them the get, get them on their way. We got, we got more money. Was he like, hey, I got a gun inside of this Twinkies box? Sure. And I will shoot you, <laughs> ma'am. Please. Yeah. Um, pretty predictable, unfortunately, and pretty sad state of affairs down the, down the road. Another day in Crime Town. This is ultimately, you know, you know what's going to have to happen with Crime Town? I think I have the fix. We will eventually get to the point where Gretna has to just annex Lincoln. <laughs> so it can regain some of the, the, the pride that that town once had. Yeah. Now it's been overrun by crime. And we need Gretna to come in and save it. Gretna, leadership. Gretna, Ashland, the whole thing. And I know 
many people have been thinking about Gretna and Omaha and their relationship and who's going to get the hockey team and who's going to get Big Lake and all of these things. But I say we need Gretna's influence to control the city of Crimetown, a.k.a. Lincoln. That way we can restore the order in Lincoln, Nebraska. We love restoring the order in Lincoln, Nebraska. We sure do. We sure do. There's precedent for this. Gretna needs to be the shining beacon. Save Lincoln. Lincoln. Yep. Put it on the water tower instead of save Ferris, save Lincoln. That's right. That's a movie reference, Connor. I've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off many times. A great film. You know what? I'm probably about due for a watch. Sure. That that it's been a while. What do they name the guy? The 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 beef king of Chicago? Abe Froman. Abe Abe Froman. It's a good movie. Yeah. All right, Josh. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you, Connor. That's the odd news. Michael Bruns is coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about Nebraska and Ohio State tonight and how close the. Nebraska basketball fans are to glory. So close. It's within the grasp. And uh, plenty more still to come on the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Z.